Hello and welcome back to the other 99% podcast where we take a step back from the 1% marginal gains that society has become obsessed with and instead focus on the other 99%. Throughout this series, we'll be discussing all things related to self-actualization and becoming the very best possible version of yourself. I'm your co-host, Tom Osmond, as always joined by George Cook. And today we are going to be talking about the channel swim you've just completed. Yeah. Um... Let's start with you though, because if, if the whole episode is going to be about that, let's let's hear about you. Yeah, and I'm more interesting, aren't I? So you are more interesting. You're right. So if you're going to listen to any of it, just make it the first bit. What would you like to know about me? It's Everything. been a couple of weeks since we chatted, actually, hasn't it? Yeah, we've been pretty full on um, to start talking about the swim early. It was the the delay in um, going meant that we actually missed a week of recording, didn't we? Um, yeah. Which is a bit frustrating. Um, I think that's the first week we've missed in about seven or eight months yeah it's been quite a long time since we've not deliberately missed one anyway um yeah it started getting in the way so i'm, I'm keen to hear we've had a few developments in the business some way i say business as if we're in it together your business <laughs> yeah i'm still really enjoying myself um i i like being self-employed but at the moment i feel like i'm getting pulled in all sorts of directions so i'm trying to because i'm personal training at a gym in town while also trying to set up the gym at home to personal train out of that and doing my online coaching so i'm trying to the long-term aim would be to just pt from home and coach online and then i wouldn't have to waste as much time traveling around to and from the gym basically um and yeah that's all been going quite well like i was just saying to you buying secondhand gym kit seems like a really good idea because it's sometimes a third of the price of new kit but it's always on the other side of the country so you can never be bothered to go and look at it. So you just end up buying it. Well, this is what I do anyway. I'm a, I'm a bit impulsive. <laughs> so you just, you just think, oh, I'm sure that looks all right. I'll buy it. So I just got a cable machine from London because it was only 200 quid. And I thought it looked all right. But then it turns up and it's in a slightly worse condition than you think. And you don't know how to put it together. And it doesn't run quite as smoothly as typical gym stuff. So, yeah, I'm learning the hard way at the moment about buying second-hand gym kit. And like, and like, like I said to you as well, they'll send you the measurements so you can organise delivery. And it was 20 centimetres taller than you said. So instead of being uh, the size of one pallet, it was one and one quarter, which cost another 100 quid. So, yeah, it's been... That was probably 500 quid down the drain. But hopefully I've learned my lesson this time. Fingers crossed. But I, thought that, I thought that was the better option than driving around the country because I spent about 17 hours driving one day picking up the hack squat leg extension leg curl of which i've all i've sold all of those now as well because because <laughs> i didn't test them up before i bought them i just thought that looks all right and um, so yeah buying secondhand gym kit just keep it local yeah test it out and then if it's good then go and buy it but don't do what i've done and just buy a kit from all around the country and get it sent to you and then try and send it sell it on again worse, worse. But if you are listening and you want to buy a kit for stash <laughs> <laughs> I've got one going for 200 quid. <laughs> Fantastic. Just to recoup your transport costs. Yeah. I'm hoping I can fix it all together and it'll turn out half decent, but we'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. That, that's basically what I've been up to. Um, amongst that, I've been getting, I've started playing tennis. Did we talk about that? No. We ha- well, you said you had a lesson or something. Yeah. So uh, I've joined a tennis club, still playing a bit of tennis. Um, still contemplating doing a PhD in hypertrophy. Uh, which I had a meeting with my potential supervisor for. 
but I've been so busy with my self-employed work, I'm not sure how feasible doing, well, I'd have to commit at least two days a week to doing the PhD to get it done in four years or so. So I'm not sure how feasible that would be. Um, I think that's it. It's quite exciting though, isn't it, to have that many options? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. My, my trouble is being indecisive, and as as we know about being yeah. indecisive, <laughs> and kind of not being so impulsive that I'm doing something, and then... I don't always stick to it long term because I don't think things through properly. Yeah. It's action breeds motivation, but there's an element of thought that needs to go in first, eh? Yeah, I always I always think that it's just a brilliant idea. And then it doesn't always end up like that. But, you know, I'm motivated. I've got nothing to lose. I'm enjoying myself. Excellent. That's a nice place to be, isn't it? Yeah. We'll talk about you now, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> So the channel swim about, I think it was about four or five days before you were supposed to do it. We were chatting and you were saying something like, I really can't be asked to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Should we start, should we start at that point or do you want to go further yeah. back? Um, yeah. Let's go further back where just to sort of highlight that it's a three and a half year wait list for this sort of thing. Um, but I got, I suppose, lucky for me and unfortunate for somebody else, but I got brought into a team um about six or seven months ago so my training time and i was already doing all the open water swimming which we spoke about a lot in previous episodes with the cold water stuff so it, it kind of worked well for me because it was something in line with what i was already doing and it just gave what i was doing a bit of a purpose so i was very very excited about it to begin with um but quite apprehensive about the assessment which was an hour and a half um swim an hour out of the water and then an hour back in now the issue isn't the the time that you're swimming for it's the temperature it has to be less than 16 degrees and I hadn't swum two and a half hours at those temperatures before so I was, I was quite apprehensive and then when that day came around and it ended up being a lot easier than I thought it was going to be I actually hit like a real low um kind of thinking that this this channel swim was going to be sort of like the ultimate challenge i've done some some challenges in my time already and each one has kind of been harder than than the next one and yeah. that's been the reason for seeking them out is it's sort of like what's the next thing that i can try and get my body and my mind to do and to to kind of overcome yeah. and as, as soon as that assessment was relatively simple i sort of thought i've put so much emotional energy training time finance into this thing and what if it's really easy yeah um you know I've, I've tried so hard at this to put myself in a good position thinking it's going to really test me and, and I was really concerned that it wasn't going to um particularly from a physical standpoint because doing it in a relay your actual swim time is relatively low in a team of six so I ended up swimming for I think two hours 15 minutes which when you just look at that as a, a kind of standalone fact, isn't really very impressive at all. Um, it's not really something to to brag about or, you know, to write home about. And I think in my head, I, I sort of convinced myself that maybe I'd committed too much time and, and, and given up too much for something that maybe wasn't worth it, given that my motivations for doing this were very much personal challenge. Um, um just one quick question um so you felt like you were investing too much training time into something that wasn't it didn't justify it from a physio physiology point of view because it was only two hours of swimming 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. From from a physiology point of view, two hours of swimming and and also the temperature side of things as well. Because I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's only going to be two, maybe three hours of swimming, but it's going to be really cold. So yeah. actually, well, you know, that's that's difficult because it's in the cold. And then obviously sort of moved forward and I looked at what the sea temperatures are going to be and, and it was a lot warmer and it wasn't necessarily a challenge in the cold. And I, yeah, I just thought that I I felt like I'd, I don't know, maybe like if you're doing an exam for maths or something and you studied really hard and the first question was like something that you could already do before you started training, you'd be like, oh, what was the point of revising? Um, and I think in my mind, I convinced myself that that was going to be the case. And yeah. having done it now, what I was doing was absolutely a defense mechanism. Um, I think if I'm brutally honest, I was a bit worried that I was going to let the team down. Um, have, if, if you were doing solo, any solo event, like if you don't finish it or you don't, you don't even start, you know, I've been in that position before. The only person you let down is yourself. And I think that by telling myself that I wasn't as bothered by it, yeah. I was almost subconsciously trying to protect myself from the idea that what if I was the weak link in the team? And what so is that if we go back to that message, it wasn't a message, was it? We had a conversation about it. Yeah. So that that was your defense mechanism saying, I don't even want to do it anymore because you were worried you were going to let the team down. Yeah. But I don't think I could have I couldn't have told you that at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I've I've reflected on it quite a lot because I've learned quite a lot about myself over the past um, kind of week or so. And, and some of it's been good and some of it's been not so great. Um, and that was one of the things that I think was fairly neutral. You know, I was never not going to do it because I'd worked hard for it. It was just my motivation to begin it was a, was a bit sort of flat, I would say. Um, I was quite flat and I think I had a real negativity bias and I focused on the negatives as opposed to just viewing it as an opportunity. And I don't think that detracted from my experience at all. I think it's quite satisfying to have then overcome that. But I do think that if I were to do it again and find myself in that mindset, I'd be better placed to recognize it and go, Oh, actually, okay, this is, this is why you're thinking those things. And this is what you're doing. Um, and, and maybe that applies to other people who are trying to take on stuff as well. Like you get to a point where you think, Oh, it's not even worth it. I didn't want to do it in the first place. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you kind of tell yourselves these, these lies to, to protect yourself and protect the idea that maybe you're not all that you thought you might be. Yeah. That is really interesting. Yeah. Cause. Go on, carry on. Yeah. Cause we sort of touched on it, didn't we? About um, like the idea that maybe the, when, when we were just chatting, we said maybe the assessment was like a sort of mini peak experience and it was a bit of a low after that. Um, yeah, I always make reference to the Olympic Games athletes where they'll go and win a gold medal or maybe they'll just compete at the Games and that's their really, really high point. And then depression is really common afterwards. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was a peak experience, but certainly it was uh, It was meant to be like a real speed bump and it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that was a real interesting kind of lead up to this for me. Um, but ultimately what what did happen and and maybe people who are listening can remember very uh, long time ago, I basically said that one thing that I'm genuinely completely scared of is the sea. Um, like I've always, when I've swum in the sea before, I've always gone out with a friend, shout out Jasper, and I'd put him shark side and I would tell him that he was going shark side as well. 
Um, well, you're you're in the, if you're in the sea? Well, because we swim sort of parallel to the coast. Okay, yeah, so yeah. When we're training, we just go out sort of 20 meters or something and then swim across the way instead of going all the way out. Yeah. Um, and he'd always have to get eaten first. So I had time to get out on the beach and, yeah. <laughs> and ring for help. Um, so for me, one of the really big challenges was going in deep open water without i mean i say support i don't know what support you can get in that kind of environment but just going into that unknown um where coming alongside the boat or did it like yeah, yeah. But, so you're next to the boat so you're maybe i don't know you're at your furthest you're maybe 10 meters away from it at your furthest like you're pretty close to it and you use it as your guide because you can't see like you can't see france so yeah like what are you aiming at so you just try and stay sort of a similar distance away from the boats each time yeah. um and i wasn't nervous the whole way because i'd sort of put myself in this real negative spot and then uh i was third in the rotor so the first two people did their um did their swim and i went to get in and as i was walking down the ladder to get in on the boat uh, off the boat sorry all of a sudden i was like it, it's so deep i'm so scared but then somebody was like right jump in and i don't know you, you just have to jump in because you were told to yeah. um and it was semi-darkness my first leg as well because we set off at 1 30 in the morning so by the oh, time by the time i was swimming it was half three in the morning yeah um so first light was sort of just about happening but it's still quite dark um, you couldn't really see much in front of you while you were swimming. And I just sort of jumped in and started swimming and just went for it. And it was it was a really... Did you panic? You know when you're in that state of panic and your breathing is quite, quite high already and just kind of like trying to swim? Yeah, I'd say, I don't know if I'd go as far as panic, but certainly like my stroke rate was pretty quick. My breathing was quite quick. There's just so, so much adrenaline yeah. through your body. And then um, you're swimming with the tide as well. So you're moving a lot quicker than you would necessarily be used to or certainly i'm used to anyway at, at the speeds i tend to swim out in still water so the whole thing was a bit like disorienting um yeah. there are so many jellyfish in the channel like so many we're talking thousands that we we're swimming past um and some of them are really quite pretty like they've got all these different colors happening um but i absolutely sort of crapped my pants at one point um early doors sort of worst case scenario for me thinking like oh there's something in the water that's going to eat me all um, i can think about is ross actually getting that jellyfish in the face i would love it yeah exactly that exactly that um and it was something semi-similar to that i would say um because they sort of come past you and the little ones they sort of feel like little stingy nettles um but the pain doesn't last it sort of goes in a couple of minutes you know it's not long lasting but but I was swimming and I couldn't see in front of me. And as I put my hand into the water, there's a massive jellyfish, you know, one of these things with big brown tail. And I basically just sort of hit it in the head and it's sort of like inverted up my arm. So this thing was sort of like halfway up my oh. forearm in the water. It didn't sting because I didn't touch the tail. Yeah. But I was just swimming along. And then all of a sudden I had my hand sort of like inside a jellyfish. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know sort of shouting out to the boat and one of the blokes was like oh get on with it <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry for making but, a fuss my question was going to be did you get stung by any but obviously that happened quite a lot so it's just yeah. Like yeah huge amounts um that was something i hadn't really accounted for um, yeah. 
was jellyfish and apparently it's a seasonal thing so in a couple of weeks they'll all be gone because it's the wrong temperature and they sort of shift with the tides and stuff um what i will say is they are utterly pointless to the survival of the planet they offer nothing um and i don't like them you know (laughs) they just i don't think anyone does they just put everyone off going in the sea don't they yeah they do um but by the time the day came around and we were a bit further out sort of even deeper waters um they weren't really there as much um and you could at least see them so you knew when it was coming it was less of a a surprise um but by the time we got to, I'd, I'd say i probably didn't really enjoy my first leg of the swim and i thought it doesn't well, sound great yeah um i don't think anybody on my team we all came out they're like how's that and everyone was like you're not not great um it was pretty cold because the air temperature was quite cold um loads of jellyfish the water was minging because it just had so much diesel on top of it um i swallowed some of that at one point and started like almost throwing up whilst trying to breathe um it just wasn't it wasn't great but it was like uh almost like permission to enjoy the next one because the first one was a bit a bit difficult a bit i don't know just unenjoyable for a few different reasons yeah when the second one came along it was i don't know maybe nine o'clock in the morning or something the sun was up it was it was beautiful the sea was completely flat the current was nice and strong with me and I just I think it was probably the best hour of swimming I've ever had and, I, and I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think any experience will beat that in the water yeah but it was incredible it was absolutely incredible I could see the jellyfish but they were a meter or two below me and like I say with the light coming through they they were quite pretty um the speed was phenomenal because the tide was with you um but I could sort of kid myself in my mind and be like, oh, I'm a super athlete, you know? Um, I'd say it's like, you know, when you're in an airport and you've got those walking travelator things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like swimming on one of those. Um, Just going with it. It was, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Um, Yeah. And I just loved it. I think the major challenge was um, we were supposed to go on the Saturday night. That was our first kind of opening for the window. And we ended up being delayed every single day and not finding out until that day whether we were going or not. Yeah. So midday every day we got a a text saying you're going or you're not going. And we didn't go until Wednesday night. And during all that time, were you still in that mindset of like, I don't really want to do this anyway? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And with every day, that increased massively. Imagine you were just really frustrated the whole whole week. Yeah, so frustrated. And and you and I have spoken about this before, that exercise is... um, I don't know if I'd go as far as a coping mechanism, but it is a way that that we deal with our our stress, frustration, and our emotions. Yeah. And because I was conscious that every day I might be going that night. You didn't train. I didn't train. And then when I did train, I didn't train properly. Yeah. Um, and it got to the Wednesday morning and I was like, I've had enough. I'm just going to start training properly again. And I absolutely obliterated myself in the gym. <laughs> and then we got the message going, you're going tonight. It's like, oh, for, God, for God's yeah. sake. <laughs> I've timed this terribly. Um, it is, it sounds it sounds like it wasn't that hard physically. It was more the conditions were a bit of a mental battle with the jellyfish and the diesel and the yeah. really early morning and the darkness. Yeah, I would say overall because I've sounded quite negative about it so far. Far. No, no, that, that second I, leg I'm you described. Dead. Yeah. Yeah, I w- I am classifying this as a. I think I underestimate again with this like negativity that I was give, like feeding myself. I underestimated like what I was doing, and because 
when you do something, you mix with other people who also do those things. So I think I sort of forget that doing a channel relay is quite a big deal. Yeah. But just because I swim at a place where five other people or 10 other people have done it, it makes it seem like I went out for lunch on Sunday, you know, like a bit more normal. Yeah. Um, so I think I sold myself a little bit short as well as to what we were trying to achieve. But I, I did genuinely love it. It was the um, it was the sleep deprivation and the food. So I was at work all day on the Wednesday, went on the Wednesday night, didn't sleep and had my first swim at half three in the morning, having not slept for you know, nearly 24 hours by that point. Um, I did actually get naps on and off on the boat, which the team took great pleasure in posting lots of photos of me asleep, um, which was great. But it's sort of, you know, it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes at a time. It's not an actual sleep. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I was a little bit sick on the boat, not physically, but just felt sick. So from sort of midnight the night before, I didn't eat or drink anything until we'd finished. Um, and obviously I've exercised for over two hours. I've sat in the hot sun, um, been up for 36 hours with not much sleep and, and not having eaten or drunk a single thing made that, made that difficult physically. Yeah. Um, when I was in the water, you don't feel sick at all, or I didn't anyway. Um, but when I was on the boat, I felt just a bit rough because it's not a huge boat. So you kind of feel every little bump okay. um, and I've not really been a sea boat person before. So I didn't really have any experience of that um, I you were going to say seagoer then yeah <laughs> I've not been a seagoer either no um, so yeah, um that was a challenge there's a psychologist called Paul Bloom and he's got some really interesting theories on why you can't have pleasure without pain because you, okay. you need the contrast essentially yeah. what it comes down to yeah if every day is amazing then every day is normal average yeah yeah so, it sounds like it was a terrible start and then a really, really good end. Yeah, for was that, sure. Was that even the end for you? Because if you did, you did you do two legs in total? Did you have to do another one? Two, and then at one point we got stuck in quite a strong current. It looked like I was going to get like or get to yeah, get to a third leg, and then uh, we sort of got past that tide, which mm. meant it was a nice um, sort of semi-smooth running. Um, so we all, the boat captain was great. He let us all go to France because not all captains let you go because you're supposed to have one swimmer in the water. Not, I was going to ask you all jump in at the end to like cross. Yeah. So, so we all jumped in at the end and it was probably, I don't know, 200 metres to shore, something yeah. like that at the end, um, w which was great. You know, I, I got to stand on French shore um, and the, the tradition, which we got told about is to take a pebble from a beach and to bring it back with you. So what I've got to show for this at the moment, is just like a random pebble that's sitting on the kitchen counter. <laughs> There's no sort of- and that, and that lovely photo of you and your speedos. And that lovely photo of me and my speedos, yeah. Um, so I think even the finish, it's a strange sense of achievement because if you're doing it for extrinsic reasons where you want a lot of adulation or prizes or trophies or medals or kind of keepsakes. Like what I've got is a pebble uh, and that's enough. Like yeah. that's absolutely enough. That's all I need. Um, I think we get some sort of official certificate. Don't need it. Like just to know that you've done it and you've kind of joined this group of people that have done it before you. It, it's actually really special. Um, and I think that 
given the opportunity, I would 100% do it again, despite everything I've just said. Um, that was going to be my next question as well. Yeah. Stop answering my questions. <laughs> Sorry. The um, the thing that holds me back from it is it's a three and a half year wait list. Yeah. And it is very expensive to do. Um, so unless you're doing it kind of for and with a charity, like we were this time, that's quite prohibitive um, yeah. as well. So I don't think unless somebody offers me to do it as a, a double or something like that, I'm not going to be leading the charge um, to do it again. But I've kind of had, I've had that moment. I've had that experience and and that was special. So was it difficult? Overall, yes. Okay. Did I need to put the miles of swimming in that I did? No. Yeah. But having said that maybe that side of things would have been more challenging yeah because you, you can't uncouple the two right yeah yeah for sure was it challenging absolutely but it was the it was the conditions that you're in that made it harder you know people run marathons in comfortable conditions and then they run like the death valley marathon or something and one is definitely harder than the other despite you doing the same activity yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was definitely it was definitely a challenge. Um, I, I, you know, I, I said I learned things about myself. So I wasn't overly thrilled about the negativity I allowed in and how sort of irritated I became at getting delayed every single day. And uh, I definitely took that out on on people around me as well, um, <laughs> who were all very tolerant um, and sort of understood uh, what was going on, but. Having had that, negative... by that do you mean Anna? Yeah, I do. Sorry, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> We're still getting married, so it's good. I didn't know if you meant your teammates, or but then, then I thought it might just be Anna. Yeah, that was a, a an interesting thing as well, and I don't know if they'll ever listen to this episode, but I I don't really know them before that day. We'd met, I'd met some of them twice and one or two of them three times, um, for sort of an hour or two in any one go. So you know, I didn't know these people. Um, but by the end of it, we were very much a cohesive team. Um, this idea of a, a shared suffering and a shared experience and then a shared celebration like really brings people together. And, you know, I was the youngest in that team by nearly 20 years. So it's not even as if we had lots in common in, in terms of our stage of life. Mm. So to have that experience as sort of a, a bonding method, like they're all fantastic. Um but before it, again, I didn't, if I'd been doing it with people I'd known for years, I probably would have been able to share these feelings a little bit more, um, yeah. which I think would have helped because as it turned out on the day, they'd been having exactly the same experience. We just hadn't yeah. talked to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, they sort of told each other separately because they knew each other quite well, but I hadn't been a part of that element of it. And I think, yeah, if I was to do it again, I'd do it with people that I know sort of really, really well. And that would definitely change like the build-up and the experience of it, I think. Told each other that they weren't looking forward to it or they were frustrated it was getting delayed. Or... Yeah, the the frustrations and like, are we ever going to get to go? You know, what happens if we don't? The sort of like, um, just so much uncertainty. Yeah. I think, um, which, yeah, which, which I was only able to, to share well with Anna sorry again um uh, and she as as understanding as she was there's no way that you can properly understand that feeling unless you're also doing it 
Yeah. And yeah, it would have been helpful to to share that with people who were having the same experience. Yeah. Um, but I just, I didn't do that. Um, and in hindsight, that yeah, that definitely would have made a difference. And so when you completed it, how did you feel once you completed it? Um, I think I felt better at the moment that I knew we were going to finish than I did when we actually finished. So at the point that we broke that last tide and we were, I don't know, three, 400 meters from shore, like at that point, the fact that we were going to complete it wasn't in doubt. Yeah. And that was a real moment of elation for me. Um, when we got to, when we got on the sand, it, it was, it was a bit of an odd experience. Like there were a few French people out on a Thursday afternoon, just <laughs> getting a bit of sun, um, not at work. And we picked up a pebble and we had a photo and we were probably on land for less than five minutes. And then you head straight back, do you? You literally swim back to the boat and then you drive home. Okay. Like it, it's a very strange, you've trained for months, you've spent all this yeah. time suffering and waiting and then you go and then you get there and you're like, should we just, should we go home? <laughs> and how long was, how long does it take to get back once you've done it? Like two hours. So that, what was that two hours like on the boat on the way back? Um, it was great on the first hour. Um, you know, a couple of bottles of champagne came out um, and one of the boat captains was a, a fisherman. So when he was not driving, when the other guy was in charge, he was out fishing um, off the side of the boat and they cooked everything they'd caught on the way over. I so they, they were bringing out this unbelievable fresh fish. And by that point, my stomach had settled down so I could eat again. Um, okay. So the first thing I'd eaten in, I don't know, 16, 17 hours was this incredible fresh fish. Um, so that first hour was was epic. And then basically everybody just fell off the edge of a cliff and fell asleep. Um, yeah. Just Just completely... Like we've done it. Oh, great. Yeah, sleep time now. <laughs> and so without anyone saying, oh, should we all have a lie down? I think we just sort of drifted off. Yeah. Um, so I slept the majority of the way back um, and then had to drive home. So I was quite glad that I did did do that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, what's next then? What is next? Um, next is a genuine physical challenge. Um, this is something that's probably going to push me as hard as I have before. Have you, you've actually planned it already. I thought you just have a couple of ideas in your head. Yeah, so I entered it uh, the week before. So I entered this because I was pestering a friend of mine who I swim with. You've not actually told... Oh, no, I think you have told me about this. Yeah, I think I've told you, but I haven't said it on here, where I was pestering yeah. him to do a channel relay together. Yeah. And he basically said he'd rather do anything else. Um, and so I signed up for what is the longest open water swimming event in the UK. Um. And then two weeks later, I got given the channel opportunity. I was like, oh, right, well, I guess I'm doing both then. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to swim the length of Lake Windermere, which is 18 kilometers. Um, but it's still water. You know, it's fresh water. So there's no current to kind of help you. Yeah. Um, the only difference is this time that I'll be leaving the budgies behind uh, and swapping it out for a wetsuit, um, which is a huge, uh, a huge aid in those kind of temperatures and that sort of length of time. Um, could sort of be in the water anywhere from six to eight, nine hours. Um, it's a little bit of an unknown how long that's going to take. Um, so that's in nine weeks. And is that is that continuous or do you stop? Continuous, yeah. That must just get so hard with the breathing, surely. 
that you've got feed stations uh, every mile. So people basically sitting on a canoe with like some floating. Okay, so you can hang on for a bit, eat some food, and then crack yeah. on. Yeah, so you don't have to like tread water while you eat or anything. It's not that strict. You can like eat. Yeah, I thought that would actually have been exhausting. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be exhausting anyway, isn't it? But... Yeah, <laughs> but at least you can at least you can take on food because to try and exercise for that long without any would be madness. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that. It's right. I think it's like the first day before term starts again in September. Um, or the second day before so like it's a busy period of the year but i'm i'm super excited about it because this channel swim has been like a real confidence boost and i can sort of draw a line in the sand and um i was just saying to you that i've started being able to lift again and and start training properly like get back in the pool and and do things with a plan as opposed to doing things to just sort of maintain which is where i feel i've been for the last three or four weeks just making sure i don't get injured not doing too much, just keeping everything kind of ticking over. Um, and I found that a little bit irritating, not not pushing myself in training. So, yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, I'm excited to get back in the lake. It's much nicer than the sea. Um, it just doesn't taste as gross. Um, yeah, so that that's what's up next. Um, and I don't even find a lake that pleasant. I still think they're a bit murky. Yeah, it depends where you are. Uh, I'm very lucky. Shout out to Divers Cove. They are, it's an, uh, an old sand quarry. So it's a sort of man, a man-made lake and and it's, yeah, very, very clear and, and it's beautiful. Apart from when you can see the massive fish and then it's a bit, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very good. Well, I was going to say something, but I don't think I've got anything else to say. Well, the last thing is we've got a new member of our team joining us, don't we? For the podcast. And you remember of our team? Yeah, I did tell you this, and I, sh- I sent you the picture, and you said it's the best photo you'd seen all day. What? Oh uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought we you went a person then. Have, you, have we spoken about this on the podcast yet? No, not yet. No, go on then. Let the let the viewers know. Yeah, we're getting a dog. Um, so. I hey. I thought you already had it. Nice. No, well, that was the first time we went to go and confirm and meet him. Yeah, uh, was when I sent the photo, but 24th of July, um, the dog will be joining us. Um, so that's a Monday. So on that Wednesday, he'll he'll be on the episode. We'll have a co-co-host. Yeah, we'll have a co-co-host. Um, I don't know how much he'll offer about training, um, but yeah, be good for our social media that we keep saying we'll post on and we don't. Well, do you know what we could do is an episode on um, training a dog. Yeah, that. We can talk about learned helplessness. Yeah. <laughs> What was that? Frank Skinner, the psychologist, what was his theory on behavior? And everyone based training their dogs off of that. Operant conditioning. Yeah, I think that's the one. Was it Skinner's operant conditioning? It was Skinner, was it Skinner's rat? Skinner's box, wasn't it? Yeah. Skinner's box was the food versus the zapping of the rats. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We'll, we can we'll do something like that. That'll be interesting. Um, operant conditioning, yeah, it was. Um yeah. so that's basically reward and punishment, um, and how that works and how we can kind of put that in our own lives because it was so funny um the bloke was giving me all these tips when i went to meet him and i was like that sounds like teaching uh, that sounds like teaching yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically the same for people and for dogs i think um, life is about learning isn't it life is about learning so that's pretty exciting what should we do next week on the podcast well we're hoping that we've got a guest haven't we that'll be the week after the week after Oh, the week after the week after. Right, yeah. well, we're going to have to keep this one a surprise then, aren't we? And by that, I mean, we'll have to figure it out. 
<laughs> Sounds good. Thank you all for listening and tune in next week for our surprise episode. <laughs>